It's time for Tower Talks with Inside Towers, the wireless infrastructure industries podcast. And here is your host, Inside Towers business editor, John Celentano. Hello, everyone. Uh, glad you could join us. Uh, this episode is sponsored by Inside Towers Intelligence, a quarterly market report that dives deep into the wireless infrastructure ecosystem. It looks at market trends, capital expenditures, relevant M&A transactions, and more. Intelligence is designed for managers, marketers, and investors. An annual subscription also includes an exclusive briefing and online support. The 2022 Volume 4 issue will be available shortly. For more information or to subscribe, visit InsideTowers.com intelligence. We have an interesting topic today. Uh, managing telecom networks, both wireless and wireline, involves monitoring and interpreting a lot of data from thousands of sites and dozens of data points at each of those sites. Network managers need to know the status of their sites at all times. Certainly when abnormal conditions occur, like a power outage or equipment failures, they are reliant on site data to be able to make informed decisions on appropriate corrective actions or to dispatch field technicians. Accenture is in the business of site monitoring and over the years has developed techniques for capturing, processing, and presenting large volumes of data in displays that make it easy to manage networks efficiently and cost-effectively. Joining me today to share what the company does and how it supports its carrier customers is John Bars, Accenture Director of Sales and Marketing. John, welcome to Tower Talks. Thanks for having me, John. Uh, John, why don't you give us a, a brief overview of Accenture? Sure. We're an almost 40-year-old company uh, at this point. We're based in Seattle, Washington. We have offices that handle business in Europe, Middle East, and Africa, and primarily our businesses in uh, North America, Europe, Middle East, and Africa. And we've traditionally made hardware devices. Uh, the, the trade name is called a site boss, and these devices mm-hmm. go into telecom sites uh, to, to manage power security and environment at uh, cell tower locations, uh, Tower Co. Uh, locations, various types of telecom sites. Mm-hmm. And we've been doing this for, we have a number of projects. I mean, it's quite a mature product, uh, several projects of over 20,000 sites. Um, and so we've been evolving. And I guess that's probably mostly what we're interested in talking about today is uh, people are probably familiar a little bit with what we have done. And I'm kind of interested to talk about uh, where we see this all going. Well, let's talk about that. I mean, you 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 cap you're capturing a lot of data at these sites uh, uh, via the site boss, and 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 then bringing that data back to some centralized point. I mean, um, uh, talk about actually how that how that site data is collected and stored and then presented. Yeah, I, traditionally, so historically, we're done contact closure alarming. So that's kind of the beginnings of our time working in in monitoring telecom sites. And it's very simple data, of course, digital sort of on off, you know, there's either a problem or there is not. So, you know, the, either the temperature is okay or the temperature is not okay and it is an alarm. And so this is really quite simple data. And throughout all of our history, we would take those sort of alarm conditions and we would send alarms typically via uh, the simple network management protocol, SMP, which is the standard that is used in the, the telecom industry. We would send those alarms. And that's again, a very small volume 
Um, and what's what started happening is we began interfacing to more intelligent pieces of equipment at the site. So instead of just managing a, the contact closure schemes, which are still very important in, within telecom, and we're still quite, we feel we're very good at doing that. Mm-hmm. We're now starting to integrate to say a smart controller, say a rectifier smart controller, a generator yeah. smart controller, an AC power meter. And from those systems, now we're suddenly gathering, you know, potentially hundreds of variables. And, and for quite some time, we've been doing that. And the way we were doing that is still very alarm oriented. We would sort of take a look at a piece of data. And if it was a problem, then we would alarm off of it. And if it was not a problem, we would discard it effectively. We would just say, oh, we're not interested in this. And as time has gone on now, in the last, say, three or four years, we've started to do a lot more where we are looking at this data and saying this data itself has quite a lot of value to it. Like if you want to compare sites, just because a site isn't in alarm doesn't mean that if you examine all of your sites for a particular variable, you still might find outliers. And so I think that's the, the interesting thing that we're seeing now is, is kind of more this telemetry data. It's, if alarming data is the problems, then there's all this other data that we would refer to effectively as just telemetry data. And what value can we find by sort of parsing through this telemetry data? Yeah, I think uh, in looking at some of the dashboards, I think energy usage is uh, perhaps an example of that where it's not necessarily an alarm condition, but you can you can determine at a given site how effective it's it's running based on it's either power consumption or it's fuel consumption or that uh, seems to be a, a another layer of the uh, analysis here. Yeah, well, especially uh, you know, alarming works very well for like disaster recovery and yeah. dealing with hurricanes and all of that sort of thing and that's been a and there have been a lot more disasters so that's been you know that is definitely people are are interested in that yeah Yeah. but but there's also sort of the uh you know there's obviously the esg the the initiatives that a lot of the large mobile network operators have which is related to uh unfortunately the the wireless networks consume an awful lot of power and with 5g coming they're consuming even more power than they did and mm-hmm. sort of going in the opposite direction of where everybody would like it to go, where they're saying we would like to reduce our greenhouse gas emissions, for example. And um, instead we're kind of going the opposite direction. And I mean, we fit into that in a couple of ways. So, I mean, the first is just even measuring the greenhouse gas emissions. So we can, we can give actual data rather than estimated data. If you have devices measuring power at many, many sites, um, we can actually aggregate all of that and then compare that to the power sources mm-hmm. within mm-hmm. a particular region or country and, and generate actual CO2 emissions measurements. And then we also, like you said, give the, uh, the ability to then sort of search for sites that are not performing as well um, to begin trying to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. And of course that comes out immediately into that aggregated measurement that you're making. You can sort of see what your changes are doing to the measured amount. And power is probably the driver for most of this telemetry data that we're yeah. producing. But, um, you know, that it really is a great example of what else we can do and actually where we see sort of the value of all of this. Mm-hmm. 
So we have a couple of case studies that we, we work with you on. And uh, one is a, a, a wireline carrier, actually a fiber carrier, and, and then a, a wireless network operator. Maybe you could just elaborate a little bit on how they, they're using what you're able to provide and, and how they're benefiting from that. Yeah, I think they're both good examples of sort of the newer uh, way things are going. Um, so Unity Fiber is uh, based in the Southeast. They're on the Gulf. Um, I've mentioned disasters, of course, and right now, um, of course, the Eastern Seaboard and, and all Gulf-facing uh, states, there are have been many, like more than uh, what I think people thought was average number of hurricanes. And so the, the disaster recovery element on in those areas, I mean, is really at the forefront of, mm-hmm. of people operating in those areas. And um, it, I think U- Unity was a good example of taking sort of a modern view of, you know, these devices are Linux-based devices. They're pretty intelligent. And if you if you have an API within the SiteBoss unit that enables you to pull data from it into other systems, you know, we view that as being like a very modern way of using these devices. It's very non-proprietary. It's designed to interface to other systems. And they, I, I mean, we really love it when somebody does this, which is they have an idea. It wasn't even our idea. They, we had an API endpoint to be able to pull um, the GIS location of the unit and they went ahead and populated that into a weather map, um, a popular sort of GIS-based weather map. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then they were able to, to help, it would help them analyze as they were watching a hurricane making landfall, they were actually seeing the alarms from their sites being represented on that map. And, you know, again, that's our, our devices are sort of a tool. We're not really insisting anybody use them in any one way. And so that was... You know that was pretty cool from our perspective to see um, to see somebody take the tool and then and make it useful for them. So that was the first example um, of sort of a modern, more modern usage of of remote site monitoring. Uh, the other example in the article was a tower co based in the Middle East, and they were doing um, more broad based telemetry measurements and, and data analytics. And it's a pretty good example of, we have hundreds of sites with them now and are deploying more. There will be up to uh, probably 1,700, 1,800 sites by the time this cluster is, is done. And they're measuring 70 or 80 telemetry points per site. And really when you start, some of those dashboards I showed you, John, were, were from their sites. It's kind of an unlimited amount of analysis that you can do. I mean, if you have any questions about what's happening at the site and you imagine you can determine from these 80 variables an answer to that question, then you pretty much, you know, it's hard for me to define what what is it even for. It's like if you want to find the sites that are overcooled, you can find those sites. If you want to find sites that are having fuel, diesel fuel stolen mm-hmm. from them, you can find those sites. If you want to see differences between inside and outside temperature to see the level of insulation of your shelter, you could find the answer to mm-hmm. that. You could find, it just sort of goes down to whatever problems you're having are the answers available within those 70 or 80 variables. You can probably create a dashboard from it. And 
we feel like this is really like a modern way of viewing things. And this is You're really right. where we think this, where we think everybody is probably going to go with this. How do we get to a point where we're parsing the information or organizing it in such a way that we're not overloading the network managers with too much information or at least giving them the ability to drill down if there's a question they have to some of the points you just raised? I, I mean, I look at the dashboards and they're very data intensive. Uh, nice presentation, but there's a lot of things going on, especially if that's a dynamic display. Um, how, how do we ensure that they're, they're not, uh, you know, they're getting what they need, but then and we're not overloading them? Well, I'm, that's a great question because I'm the director of sales and I think I've noticed something, which is that we're starting off showing people sort of the end game for what um, is possible. So this is a very iterative process. So, I mean, we yep. would, one of the things that we, and this is hard for us to show, for example, in sort of like if we present what we do, you show somebody who's been doing this for three or four years and you see every bit of, I mean, there in some of those displays, I think there's probably 50, 60 charts and they're mm -hmm. all updating mm -hmm. continually and it's quite complicated looking. And I think the thing that is difficult for us to show is what does it look like in the beginning? Um you really shouldn't have that much data coming in in the beginning. I mean, you can have the 80 variables or 60 or whatever you decide coming in, but I don't think that people should be looking at that. You should probably be creating much simpler gauges to begin with. And then what you're seeing are the results of people trying to solve problems over and over again. So an iterative process. Mm -hmm. I, I think this is a never ending, like the usage of data at the, at, at a telecom is a never ending process. And, <laughs> exactly. uh, and you need to view it that way. It is not yeah. like there is a sing, you know, what is the solution Centria, And then we deliver the solution and you unbox it and then that's it. This is really far the opposite of that. This is more, it's like I was saying, our customers finding things to do with our solutions that we didn't even think of ourselves. Right. This right. is going to go on. And I think we're seeing this in, and hearing about this in every industry that there's greater data analysis, there's greater use of automation. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it's going to be a continual, uh, you know, improvement that's just going to be made, um, you know, on an ongoing basis. But yeah, I, I, that's a challenge for me in, in the sales presentation is people, you see their eyes glazing over when they're looking at, <laughs> at the, the end result, for, perhaps. So I'll, I'll work that into our next, uh, next PowerPoint. Look, uh, always better to have more data, no question. Uh, it's a matter of how you package it and present it and, and what they ultimately get out of it. I guess to your point, I mean, the, the Uni, Unity example was, was quite telling where they figured out what they needed for their purposes and developed that graph to show them the effects of a, a large storm over their operating area. Um, and, um, you know, so uh, these customers are able to quantify, I presume, uh, you know, how, how they're improving their network efficiency or how they're reducing or managing their operating costs uh, with this data. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, really it's, it's, it can be as straightforward. I mean, again, in sort of that iterative idea, you know, the simplest things are probably the first things to, I mean, something as simple as cooling, for example, if one of the things we noticed when we began 
uh, putting larger numbers of sites into these data analytics tools and looking at a simple variable. I mean, really temperature is just, it's a single value. And, and then sorting all of your sites by the, the sites that are being cooled the most. And it's also always people have been interested in sites that are not cooled enough, right? So if it's, that's more in the alarm scheme of things, if it's very hot at a site, then it's harming things in the site, batteries and so forth. Well, all we did was just flip the chart the in the opposite direction and look at the stuff that I don't think anybody was even thinking they should be looking at. But seeing sites that are cooled well below where uh, the, the network standard is. Mm. And it's just these types of things, I think, are, I mean, that's a good example of just how simple could this be, really. It's like you, um, it's the equivalent of having your house thermostat turned down to like, you know, 62 degrees in the summer for your air conditioning. And it's like, well, most of us know that you, you know, you're probably for your own money saving concern, you're going to keep it at a, at a warmer temperature than that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. but it really goes up and, you know, there are many, many places where people are saving incremental amounts of money on, you know, power savings is, mm-hmm. is really mm-hmm. the biggest one, but mm-hmm. also theft related issues. Um, you know, even just uh, equipment management, like capital expense of yep. your equipment, yep. you have you have underspec sites and overspec <laughs> sites, and uh, you have billing for power and for diesel refuels and things that are not actually matching reality. And it's kind of again, it's just an infinite ongoing process of of using that data to uh, solve problems, help you with disasters, and then you know, look for efficiencies. Yeah, just one more point, John, as we wrap up here, um, you're agnostic to the type of end equipment that's being monitored, is that correct? Yeah, I mean, that's really kind of the trick here. Or why has this not been done before? Um, We know that data analysis is happening in other industries. Um, Mm -hmm. And so what's the challenge in in our industry? And I think the, the challenge is that there I don't want to pick anybody out in particular, and but you know there are a lot of equipment vendors that have software to manage and pull uh, telemetry data from their own equipment. But there's a sort of a, a limit to how useful that is if you are only able to look at certain pieces of equipment from a certain manufacturer in your network. That doesn't necessarily give you the aggregated, you know, data across all of your network, and trying to put that data together on sort of the back end is a lot of work. And I think a lot of people are sort of trying to do that, but it's it's difficult to do. You know, we're aggregating at the site side. So no matter what the make or model of a generator or a rectifier, we're, we're normalizing that data and sending it back in a pretty mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. polished up form to Great. a central place. And that's been, I think the crux for why this isn't being done um, I, I think we see in like the data center side of things, uh, more in the core networks that this sort of data analytics is already happening to a great degree. And so why are these edge sites not being looked at the same way? And it's because they're they're just not uh, homogenous enough. So having some method of normalizing that data is um, you know, really important. And mm-hmm. what's, it's what enables all of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds like that. Well, John, this is this is great. Um, very interesting. Um, 
any any kind of wrap up or concluding remarks you'd like to leave us with? Yeah, I mean, I think I would just say one is it feels a little inevitable to me. So I guess I'm just would leave with um, I think this is coming, and I guess I would like to you know point out that because of the way we've done business, we have these site boss units. It's like, it's really not that hard to actually see how this works. Like it on your network, if, if these are telecom operators that are listening, um, you know, we don't have to do a thousand sites for you to be able to see how this, this actually works. Right. So the good, the good news, I guess, is that in order to sort of experiment with this a little bit, you could pick two or three sites and put a device in those two or three sites and, you can start seeing what these dashboards look like. And then it's not so hard to use your imagination to imagine, well, if I could see all, if every one of my sites was represented like this, I can see what I would do with it. And so I think we would really encourage, uh, it can seem a little daunting perhaps to try and um, to maybe take on this sort of subject, how are we gonna monitor all of these sites? But it's really not that hard. It is very much an iterative process it starts with, you know, the journey of 10,000 miles begins with the first step or whatever the <laughs> slogan is. is it, it, the journey to 10,000 sites begins with, with one site, effectively. Yep. And so I guess I would just encourage people to look at um, doing trials, just, just experimenting. Excellent. Well, John, this is great. Uh, thanks for an interesting and informative conversation. I think, uh, to your point, this, you know, we're at an early stage effectively in the industry as, as far as the, the data um, monitoring and interpretation at the endpoints, at the end sites, but uh, I would expect it's more to come. So uh, thanks again. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, John. Sure. And thanks everyone for listening in. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for listening to Tower Talks. To subscribe to our podcast, our daily newsletter, or use our other industry resources, please visit InsideTowers.com. Until next time, you've been listening to Tower Talks from Inside Towers, the wireless infrastructure industries podcast.